to the Colby Daniels Podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with any of these products or their benefits, don't hesitate to give Artisan Botanicals a call, 405-458-9699. They are truly dedicated to helping you live a better life. And right now, we're saving you 15% off your online order at abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code COLBYSHOW, C-O-L-B-Y-S-H-O-W, discount code COLBYSHOW for 15% off your online order at abotanicalcompany.com. Plus, they have easy and safe pickup. You can go right through their drive through and make it very efficient. So check it out, abotanicalcompany.com. 15% off with the discount code Colby Show. Jumping straight into today's conversation, here is Will Brewer. Will Brewer, what's going on, my friend? Man, not much, man. Uh, another week, another pay-per-view. I'm ready for it, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, uh, I feel a little lost without football, and uh, obviously we have to wait till Saturday for the UFC. Um I was watching the Britney Spears documentary last night instead of basketball. That's where I'm at. So, hashtag well. free Britney. <laughs> well, I was not expecting that one. But, uh, <laughs> man, what was what was I even doing last night? I couldn't couldn't even tell you, man. It's yeah. At th- at, at this point, man, I'm just so ready for this weekend, and then you know, last weekend um, with that pay per view card, and then the Super Bowl. I was on a high. Yeah. Kind of came back down to earth, you know, these last few days. And then the, the weather here in Oklahoma, man, it's crazy. So, um, getting back on my high right now. All with, right. Uh, UFC coming up on Saturday. Well, the uh, the breaking news in the UFC is not helping my high whatsoever <laughs> as for the uh, for the 18th time in the last six months. Hamzat Chemaev and Leon Edwards have had to uh, cancel their fight. I, I mean, you can vouch for me here. When this matchup was originally announced, I went bananas about these two guys matching up and just the contrasting styles. I was so excited about that matchup. They've had to postpone it a couple times now. Hamzat Chemaev still has some some COVID-related issues uh, going on where he's not going to be able to do this thing, and Dana White said they're going to have to move on from this matchup now. As it, it, what is it? The the third time actually that they're not going to be able to to put it together now. So, yeah, I believe this is the third time. It's it's sad, man, because uh, Hamza had such momentum going in um, last or twenty twenty was such a breakout year for him, and he was going to capitalize on it. You know, with uh, the number taking on the number three guy in the UFC's uh, welterweight division, and it's just sad because it was such an intriguing matchup. I mean, despite all the star power that he gained. Just the matchup itself, it was so intriguing. And now, you know, with COVID and, you know, we're going to have to go away from it. Um, but now, I mean, Leon Edwards is going to have to move on. And there's still some exciting matchups out there for him. Yeah, it's – look, it's a really good division. There are plenty of, of good options out there, I think, in that division for for both of those guys. But um, I, I just – I we haven't seen Leon in so long. And then to, to kind of get the – the guy that, you know, hit the ground running last year and uh, just had so much momentum. The, yeah, I mean, you can almost call him like the rookie of the year in the UFC, uh, if you will. Like, I, I, I'm just, uh, man, I was really excited about that one. Has COVID uh, hit anyone worse than Leon Edwards as far as fights, man? Because he cannot get a fight. I mean, he was supposed to headline a card in his home country against Tyron Woodley in March of 2020. And then this whole COVID thing just bust all that up 
And now, how many times has he three times with Hamzat yeah. COVID related every single time? And then he's had his bout with it. I mean, it's and it's it's almost it's been how long since you've seen him fight? I mean, at this point, Leon's just got to get in there. It doesn't really matter who it's against. Right. Uh, Leon's just got to get back in there. He's so close to to a title shot at this point. We've got to see him fight one more time, I and mean, he's got to solidify him. Uh, earning that title shot. His last fight was July of 2019. Oh my god. Against RDA. Man. It, fe- it, it, it you know what? It bad. even it actually feels longer than that actually. Like when I think way about longer. it, I feel like it's been longer than that. It feels like it's been way longer because so much has happened in the sport and you, it just seems like Leon is just getting left behind. Yeah. The what's way division, things are starting to move on, things are starting to build and Leon's just, you know, we know how good he is. I mean, we know how dangerous he is. It's just getting to the point where we just got to see him back in there. And, you know, things have just not worked out in his favor. Um, it, We'll see what happens with, with Leon if they keep him on that card and just find a replacement. But I did see Michael Bisping uh, tweet about 20 minutes ago. He said, if, Masvidal, is, if Masvidal Covington hasn't been uh, contracted yet, then... Send Masvidal to the main event against Leon Edwards. Hey, sign me up because people might have forgot. I mean, Masvidal pieced him up in the back in backstage of the, after he knocked out Darren Till. Leon Edwards is back there, and Masvidal pieced him up. You know uh, what, what do you call it? Three piece in a soda or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so I mean, there's there's a huge backstory with that. Yeah. Leon Edwards has been calling for that fight for the longest time. So I mean, if if anyone's going to be uh, fighting Leon Edwards, you know, Jorge Masvidal, it's got to be one of the top candidates for sure. I mean, is, that's the only fight to me that makes me more excited, other than a title shot, that makes me more excited than the the potential Chimaev fight. Exactly. And all these other fights are great matchups, but the fact that this one has such a huge backstory, right. there's bad blood and everything, you, you want to... Anytime Jorge Masvidal is in a fight at this point with such a big, with how big of a star he is, you want to see that. But then with, how, with Leon Edwards' style, with Maslow's style, they're going to be striking and they're going to be meeting in the center of the octagon. That would be a very intriguing matchup for sure. What are your thoughts on a guy having such a long layoff and then his first fight being a fight where there is bad blood? I almost wonder like, if there's any, like maybe it, let's get one under our belt before we go do this. Because sometimes I think when, uh, you know, maybe you, you, don't like the guy as much on the other side, you have a tendency to to be a little bit less patient and push a little bit more. And when you haven't been in the octagon in a long, long time, uh, I, I just, I wonder what his management would, would think about something like that. Well, I think in Leon Edwards case, it would be really good for him to go into a fight with, with a guy who he has bad blood with. Yeah. Because at this point, that's the stuff that sells. Yeah, and if you want a title shot with with the UFC, with the way that it's uh, going now, you want to have a backstory. You want to have something that's going to get the fans involved. So you want to have a, a fight under your belt where you can you can you know be yourself, but also uh, kind of, you know I don't really know how to explain it. <laughs> I don't really know how to explain it. I kind of got you know lost right there, but. He needs a fight where people know that he can sell. Yeah. He needs that he needs that fight and Masvidal would bring that for him for sure. Even a fight with Kobe Covington would. So yeah. he needs that type of fight. Yeah. Um 
I, th- this just hit me uh, as you were talking. What if what if they get Nate Diaz to fill in? Ooh, I mean, you can never go wrong with Nate Diaz, right? I mean, I mean it, it, it would it, sell, it, it, and it gets you know, it's a it's a fight for Leon against a guy that hasn't also hasn't been active in a while. So you put it, Nate Diaz, on your resume, you're gonna get a title shot. I mean. There's a lot of eyes that's going to go on an ADS fight, and Leon Edwards needs that. He needs those eyes. He needs right. to be. He needs to have that star quality fighter on his resume to get to that upper echelon, to get to that uh, title shot. Yeah, I, that that'd be a fun one. And and again, I think it just it it makes sense. Uh, it works in a lot of ways. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see what they do with it. I I'm just I, I do want to see Leon Edwards fight again at some point. It just you know again he's a he's a guy that we kind of felt like was on a on a uh, highway to the to the title, and uh, it's just it's been so stagnant. Uh, speaking of the title, that is the one that is the headliner of this next UFC card. So, um, you know, this is a, a card that it, it's not bad by any means, but I, I think Will in the last like six months we've seen multiple non pay per view cards that probably brought more excitement than than this one. Yeah, they they want to build this one off of Usman and Burns, and they know that they had a lot of pay-per-view buys off of Usman and Masvidal, so they're kind of trying to build right. off of that. So they, they feel like they don't have to stack this pay-per-view card as much. You know, there's some talented fighters on this card, but they, you know, they could have did better, I guess you could say, you know, but there's still some fun fights, not as much name value, but, you know, there's some times when we say there's a, this is a sneaky good card, it's it's very sneaky, but I mean this is a this is a solid card, but you know not much intrigue. But you know this Usman Burns fight, like I, like I was telling you, this Usman Burns fight is as good as it gets as far of a, as far as a, of a matchup. No doubt. All right, let's uh, let's review last week as uh, you actually came out ahead on the point total, even <laughs> after picking Frankie Edgar. Over Corey Sanhagen. So we both had Michael Johnson with our one-point selection, and uh, he did not get it done. That was a Clay Guido win. Um, I took uh, Manel Kopp in uh, my two-point slot, and he lost to Pantoja, who you had in the three-point slot. So there was a a big three-pointer for you where I came up empty. We both had Dariush over Fajeda, which was just an awesome fight. And we'll talk about that in a second. But that gave me three points. That gave you two points. I was I was really torn on the Volkov Overeem fight. I ended up going Overeem, and then I text you on fight night. I was like, <laughs> I think you're about to get these points. It was just one of those things where I, I think maybe I just I I picked for my rooting interest and and uh, hoping that Overeem would get it. And the more it set in, I was like, man. I don't think this was a good pick. I think Volkov is going to win. And in an and impressive fashion, he got it done. And then uh, my five-pointer, your five-pointer as well, was the Sanhagen-Edgar fight. It goes to Corey Sanhagen in, uh, with one of the, I mean, the, the best knockouts I think I've ever seen in UFC history. I mean, I, I don't think it's hyperbole to put that in that sort of stratosphere. So what an incredible main event. Or... Co- I keep saying main event. It was the co-main event, but I felt like it. You know, it's num- It was number two versus number four. Um, I, it, it should have been a main event. Absolutely, it should have been a main event. And I've listened to about four or five MMA podcasts, and all of them have led off with 
Corey Sanhagen and Frank Yeager, not uh, Volkov and Overeem. Right, so right. really, we know what the main event was <laughs> with uh, Sanhagen and Edgar. And I remember when I made my pick with the Edgar, uh, picking Edgar over Sanhagen, I, right after we ended the show, I remember texting you like, man, I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> and then I remember going to sleep that night and waking up and in the morning. And the, my first thought, and this is no joke, my first thought was, Man, I really picked Frankie Edgar to beat Corey Sanhagen with my five pointer. Like, yeah. what the hell am I thinking? So yeah. I'm thinking, um, do I go back on this or do I just, you know, ride with this? So I was just like, you know what? I, you know, it's a risk. Just take it and just see what happens. So when the fight started, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, you know what? We're going to go with Frankie. I'm starting to root for him. You know, Frankie's looking like he's going to, you know, he's looking good. He's pressing forward. And then all of a sudden, just. In the blink of an eye, it was over before I could even really settle into it. I mean, it was it was picture perfect. Um, yeah. A lot of people are saying, you know, they don't want to see Frankie get back in the octagon after that. But I'm just like, that's as perfect timing, perfect of a shot. I mean, there is nothing that Frankie Edgar could have done any different. I mean, he felt like he needed to get in. Corey Sanhagen is a taller guy. He's going to have to push forward. And Sanhagen knew He's going to push forward. He hasn't. He didn't realize if he was going to shoot or if it was going to be an overhand or what. But Sanhagen just reacted and jumped, and it was just a perfect shot. I mean, it, it sucked to see Frankie go down like that, but Frankie's still uh, one of the top guys in that division for sure. Absolutely. I, I don't think that um, that should be his last one. Um, I think there's still some fun fights out there for him. I still think he's one of the best in the world. Um, that was just a perfect shot that he got caught with, and – um, it just sucks that it had to happen to a guy like Frank Yeager who's been around so long. And even though he's 39, he's still uh, one of the best. You know, uh, knockouts are obviously the most devastating form of a finish in, in an MMA fight. But, like, I, I feel like sometimes we overreact on both sides of it to a knockout in terms of how good someone is or how bad someone is. And and with the Frankie Edgar stuff, you're absolutely right. I've heard a million people over the course of the last week, say that Frankie Edgar needs to hang it up. And the bottom line is, he got caught, right? Like, I I don't know that... We didn't see enough to to even know if Frankie Edgar has started to decline or doesn't look good or anything like that. He got caught with one devastating shot. And if if he doesn't have any health issues, you know, after he recovers, then to me, I I don't know why you would say that Frankie Edgar's done and, and doesn't need to go forward. Again, he got caught and... You know, it happens to to most fighters somewhere along the way. Uh, I don't think that was reflective of Frankie Edgar losing anything. It, I think more than anything, it just elevates Corey Sanhagen to like, holy cow, that was unbelievably impressive. Yeah, it's definitely way more about Corey Sanhagen than it is about Frankie Edgar declining. Because like you said, we didn't see enough of the fight. You can't tell me that Frankie Edgar declined in 28 seconds. He just went five rounds with Pedro Munoz. <laughs> right. And even though it was a close decision, I mean, it was a really, really fun fight. Yeah. Um, Frankie, you can't tell me that Frankie Edgar has lost it. So it wasn't like what happened with Alistair Overeem. Now, with Overeem and Volkov, that's completely different. Now, if Frankie Agreed. was in there taking shots like Overeem, then we'd have a discussion. Yeah. But over two rounds, Overeem is, you know, covering up, you know, not really knowing what he's what he's what he's doing right that's not the overroom that we know overroom that we know he's throwing kicks he's he's aggressive you know he's uh initiating the clinch but in that fight he just seemed to be you know 
cautious and kind of timid, you know. And Volkov knew, like, man, if you're just going to be uh, up against this cage, I'm just going to tee off. I'm not going to uh, drain myself. I'm just going to tee off. And if you go down, you go down. If not, I'm just going to recover. I'm going to back up, recover, and then go back when, you know, when I see the opening. But, um, yeah, as far as Frankie, man, uh, we didn't see enough uh, for him to say, for us to say that he's on the decline. But over him, on the other hand, that's a completely different yeah. story. Yeah, I'll be curious to see, number one, when Frankie Edgar comes back. Because, again, that was that was a pretty devastating blow. Um, so, I mean, the health thing to me is more important than, than like, any declining skills or anything like that. But, like, the, the example I'll use is, um, you know, go back to Gilbert Burns and Tyron Woodley. Gilbert Burns is about to fight in a, in a title fight, uh, and his last fight was Tyron Woodley, and he didn't finish Tyron Woodley. But it was five rounds of complete dominance where one fighter didn't really look that that competitive. So that's where, you know, you could you could you could look at the box score, if you will, and see like Tyron Woodley lost a decision versus Frankie Edgar getting knocked out. And the knockout seems like the worst loss, but it's it's just getting caught with one that ended that fight as opposed to spending 25 minutes taking a beating. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, Tyron Woodley got completely outclassed for five rounds for 25 full minutes. And it wasn't like Frank Yeager got outclassed or anything. Yeah, He just got caught with a really devastating shot. Like you said, I mean, there's there wasn't anything that Frankie could have done different. It was just a perfectly placed shot by Corey Sanhagen. Um, I mean, I couldn't he, he couldn't script that any better. I mean, just reacting like that, jumping up and uh, bringing down his head to uh, cause more of an impact. I mean, it was just perfect. I mean, there was nothing else that Frankie Edgar could have done. It was it was just uh, masterful by Corey Sanhagen. I will be stunned if that doesn't end up being the knockout of the year. I mean, I that is unbelievably difficult to to beat. Yeah, you, you, it's going to be tough to top that. Unless we see another Joaquin Buckley spinning uh, <laughs> right. kick like that where the guy's left standing in the octagon, knocked out for five seconds before falling. I mean, it's going to take something along the lines of that to beat that. Yeah. Well, and, and then fair or not, I, I think anytime you you add the fact that it was the number two guy against the number four guy, like that that probably shouldn't matter in terms of how impressive a knockout is. But I mean, I, I feel like somewhere deep in your soul, like it just even if you're not trying to put that in the equation, it, that it, it plays a, a part. Absolutely, it, it definitely plays a part because when you look at it. Number two versus number four, the magnitude of the fight, and just knowing that whoever wins this fight is most likely getting a title shot yeah. or is one step closer to getting a title shot. I mean, it, for my money, Corey Sanhagen should be the, the next guy in line for a title shot. I don't know why they're talking about TJ Dillashaw. Maybe we'll talk about that another time. But um, for me, Corey Sanhagen uh, should be the next guy in line. So with all the stakes um, that went into the fight and then to get a, a knockout like that, um, that all goes into uh, having a knockout of the year. All right, let's uh, let's talk Volkov Overeem. Uh, you're right, uh, Overeem never really looked comfortable. Uh, I thought the first time he felt Volkov's power, it, it just looked like a bad sign. I mean, he looked like a guy that that knew there was a problem, and uh, it it just I, honestly, I'm kind of surprised it lasted as long as it did, uh, but. Volkov with an impressive finish, and I think that's the best, maybe the best we've seen him look. He was he looked really good against Derek Lewis until the end, uh, but that was, uh, I mean, 
he's he's in line for something big. I just don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, that's as good as Volkov has looked, man. Um, and I just take it back to his some of his uh, previous fights. Whenever people are standing with him, you know, it doesn't really go well for him. You know, right. Derek Lewis, outside of that haymaker of a knockout in the third round, he was getting uh, outclassed for sure. And um, uh, Fabricio Verdum and um, Curtis Blades, whenever it was standing, you know, Volkov was getting the better of him. Blades knew he had to get him down. And when Blades wasn't able to take him down, Volkov was getting the better of him on the feet. Uh, Walt Harris, you know, uh, all these guys, whenever they're standing with uh, Volkov, it's not, um, it doesn't end well for him. And as far as Overy, man, I thought that, um, I'm ne- I've never been uh, faithful in Overeem's chin, right? He's been knocked out a fair few times. Yeah. So I thought that this was going to be a, more of a slugfest, but I thought Volkov was going to land that big shot that was just going to take Overeem out. But I didn't expect Overeem to just kind of, you know, take one shot and then just kind of, you know, stop in his tracks and then just kind of watch him. You know, he he literally just kind of watched him for two rounds and then just let um, Volkov hit him. I mean, he was kind of curled up on the on the fence. You know, he was trying to protect himself, but Volkov is a good is a good striker, so he's gonna know what combinations to throw to get through that guard. And Volkov did a great job, and um, you know. Sucks to see Overeem, you know, go out like that because you know how good he's been in the past and some of his uh, his former fights when he fought Brock and uh, his knockouts over like Arlovsky and some of those guys. Like he's had a, a great career, but you know, at this point with a performance like that, you wonder like what's left in his tank. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I think he, he's not in the title picture. I mean, that's the thing. I think he still has. Uh, some in the tank, and I still think he could fight against the majority of heavyweights. The problem is he's just not going to be fighting uh, Blades or a Lewis or a Volkov or, you know, any of those guys. I, I think he's just – he now might be the guy that, you know, you have to get past to to jump into that group. But I, I like the idea of Volkov getting the Rosenstrike gone winner. Oh, yeah, that's, that's perfect um, because it brings new life into the heavyweight division – uh, surreal gain. I really like him. Um, and I think that he's going to be a future champ. He could be a future champion. Um, I think he's better than Jarzinho everywhere. I think he'll beat Jarzinho. And then if that sets up a surreal gain and, uh, Alexander Volkov match, that's a, that's a really, really good matchup there. But, uh, yeah, I like that matchup for Volkov. Um, uh, the winner of that match, I mean, the heavyweight division is starting to get some traction. And then we got the big title fight coming up soon. So uh, things are starting to move finally. Yeah. The other one I want to talk about uh, from last Saturday is Darius Fajeda. That was a fantastic fight. It was entertaining as hell. By far the most entertaining fight of the night. Um, And once again, we're just reminded at the killer row of contenders at 155. I mean, to see both of those guys being in that lower part of the top 15 go at it. I, I, either one of those guys I think could be competitive, you know, with, with, uh, a Paul Felder or an RDA or like, I want to see both of those guys get opportunities against guys that are currently ranked ahead of them. Yeah. The slightweight division, man, it's crazy. It's crazy stack. I mean, if Benil Darius, um, I think he was what 12 at the time, 12 or 13. That's insane to me. Yes. Uh, Diego Fajeda, he was like 10 or 11. That's insane. I mean, in any other, at any other time, these guys would be probably top five. Uh, 
I, and they went out there and put on a show. Uh, Dariush, man, I forgot how much of a maniac that he was when he's out there fighting, man. I, I mean, technically, I thought it would be smart for him to just keep it standing and just to kind of work his way and, you know, uh, get a decision that way. But he took this fight literally everywhere. And he was, it seemed like he was just okay with being in a, in a firefight yeah. and being in danger. He was just, that's what he wanted. He wanted to be in danger. He wanted to be tired. He wanted to be gassed out. You, I remember uh, listening to him talk. He could barely talk. Like yeah. he was so out of, out of breath. Like, and it was just a three round fight. Imagine if that was five rounds. Like they, they let, they both left it all out there. Fajardo was really, really tough. Uh, he stumbled Darius uh, on, on one, one occasion. So. It was a great fight, man. It deserved fight of the night. I would have liked to see two more rounds. Yeah, no doubt. I, I thought that uh, that was it, that was a ton of fun. I thought Fajeda really hurt him at the end of the first round, and I, I didn't really feel like Darius's legs seemed as solid the rest of the fight. And look, he has a, a an advantage uh, as far as size on the ground, and when you factor in maybe his legs uh, not quite being there after taking some damage, I, I thought that's that's. The way it played out, the way that I would have thought it played out after that point, uh, but he, both of those guys are are animals. I mean, there there are not, and and I don't mean this to to say that other divisions have gimmies in the top fifteen, but I'm I'm not kidding when I look at this lightweight division and just consider the killers all the way one through fifteen. I mean, it's it's insane. Absolutely, and. If you're one of these guys who are at the top and you lose two or three in a row and then you're kind of like, okay, look, give me a guy kind of towards the bottom of the top 15, like uh, Tony Ferguson, for instance. He's just lost um, two in a row, right? So he's like, you know, the UFC wants to give him someone towards the bottom of the top 15 or, you know, in top 10. They give him Diego Fajeda. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a safe fight at all. <laughs> right, right. That's not a safe fight at all. And, you know, and... Islam Makashev is ranked number 14 or 13 yeah. at, at this point. Drew Dober and these guys, they're at the bottom of the division. I don't That's even think Drew stacked. Dober's ranked anymore. No? I I thought he was uh, top 15. He might not be. He, I mean, yeah, he fell, out of, he fell out of the rankings. That That's crazy. Drew, Drew Dober's Dober, not ranked right now in lightweight division. That's how stacked this division yeah. is. If Drew Dober is not ranked, Drew Do- if, if you don't know about Drew Dober, Drew Dober is definitely capable of competing with all these guys in the top yeah. 15. And uh, he's got a fight with uh, Islam Makhachev coming up in March. So that's that's going to be a fun fight. But, man, it's a, it's a murderer's role. I mean, I see Joe Rogan say this all the time about divisions. It's a murderer's role. This division from one to even below the – Number 15, it's a murderer's row for sure. Yeah. Right now, it's Poirier, Gaethje, Oliveira, Chandler, Ferguson, McGregor, RDA, Hooker, Dariush, Felder, Fajeda, Kevin Lee is 12. I, oh, I forgot about him. Yeah. Iaquinta yeah. is uh, 13, uh, Makashev is 14, and Gregor Gillespie is 15. Oh, man. I forgot about Gregor Gillespie. Man. This is such a fun division. Gregor Gillespie, man. I watched him fight a few times. His takedowns. I mean, and then you got Ally Quinta, Kevin Lee yeah. down there. I mean, I forgot all about those guys. Yeah. Man, it's, yeah. No wonder Drew Dober's not in the top 15. Right. 
Yeah. No wonder. Yeah. But that was uh that was a really good fight. And I, I hope for both of those guys they get big opportunities uh in, in their next opportunity. You ready to make some picks? I'm ready to do it, man. All right. I've already written down my picks. I I I, I uh I'll tell you this, I felt re- I felt really good last week about the picks I was making. I'm not as confident this week, but uh, I still feel like I'm I'm uh, comfortable with where I'm going. So, well, I'm kind of on the fence with a few of them. Okay, um, but I feel like if you make one pick one way, I'm just gonna go the other okay. way. So I feel like it'll be fine. But I like that. But man, uh, yeah, this one was kind of tough to call. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see where you went. All right. I'll let you start this off uh, with your one-point fight. Again, you can substitute any fight on the main card for one fight that is on the prelims, and that has to be your one-point fight. So if you're going to take a prelim fight, this is your opportunity. I will be taking a prelim fight uh, because that second fight on the main card, I had no knowledge of those two guys. I I would need to watch them. (laughs) So... um, and there's a lot of fun prelim fights. I, it was kind of tough for me to pick one, but there was one I zeroed in on, and I just had to All right. I, I had to go with it. So uh, I am going with uh, Miranda Maverick. Oh! Over Jillian Robertson for my one-pointer. Very nice. I, uh, I, I guess I didn't see that on the... Uh... Oh, it's, that's the very first fight of the night on the uh, early prelims. Okay. Yeah, I went to the early prelims, nice. man. <laughs> All right, so you've got Miranda Maverick. All right, I am also going to go the prelim route with my one-point fight, and I'm going to go with Bilal Muhammad to defeat Diego Lima. That was my uh, that was my that was my next choice if right. I didn't like Miranda Maverick because that's a really fun fight. Um, yeah, that's going to be a really intriguing one. Bilal's ranked uh, in the top 15, and Diego Lima's look pretty good. They, they're they yeah. both on, I believe, four or five winning streaks, three or four. Yeah. So uh, that's that's going to be fun. Yeah. All right, and my two-pointer is going to be the fight you just referenced that uh, you, you weren't really familiar with the two guys. Um, this one is, is tough because I think on one side, you've got a guy that has lost, I think, three or four, um, and, and he's a brawler. And then on the other side, you've got a guy that I think is probably the more skilled guy, but he hasn't fought in a long time. And every t- anytime you get a guy that hasn't been in the octagon in a while, you just never know to what degree they're going to be rusty. Uh, but I am going to go Julian Marquez over uh, Maki Patolo. Okay, that's interesting. All right, I like it. So now my two and three pointers. Your two and three pointers. All right. My two pointer. Um, I'm going to go with the co-main event. I'm going with the co-main event pretty early because I, I didn't really know where I wanted to, uh, you know, lay my lay it for me. So um, with Macy Barber and Alexa Grasso, it's a really close matchup. Macy Barber's coming off that uh, torn ACL against Roxanne Montefiore. If she wouldn't have hurt her leg, I really think that she would have won that fight. Um, and then Alexa Grasso, her her boxing, man, it's it's top it's top level. Yeah. So, uh with the layoff and everything, man, it's tough. <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the layoff and everything, with for Macy, um, I'm gonna go with Alexa Grasso. Okay, for my two-pointer. I like it. I like it. Um, in 
that's the one I'm not picking for the same reason <laughs> that you just kind of like, like stumbled through that. That I, I, that was a, t- that's a tough fight. So that's yeah. so tough. That's man. the one I substituted out. Yeah, I was surprised. I didn't know which one you weren't going to pick because you picked that uh, that yeah. one that I didn't pick. So I was like, which one is he leaving out? So, yeah, you're leaving out that co-made event. Yeah. Smart man. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I, that's a tough fight, man. Yeah, it's tough, man. And, but Alexa Grasso with her with her boxing, I think um, she'll be able to land something. And then uh, Macy Barber being out for a year, you know, you don't know if she's going to trust her leg. Right. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I'm going with Lexa Grasso, but I'm not confident in it. That's why it's my two points. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. So uh, for my three pointer, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go uh, with that Bobby Green, Jim Miller fight, that first fight of the, of the main card. And uh, while I really like Bobby Green, um, he came in last year, uh, won like four in a row. Yeah. He was he was the guy that UFC called on. And he was always available. You know, he took fights on short notice and um, he was flying through the division. He kind of um, stumbled in his last fight. But then another guy is Jim Miller. He's a guy who's <clears throat> been in the game for a long time. And, uh, you know, these all time. Two... Is he the all time win leader still or has that been broken? I want to say he might be it now because Cowboy Cowboy was the all time leader. But Jim Miller might have surpassed him with, with his last win. So, um, you know, two veterans, going to be a fun fight. But um, as much as I like Bobby Green, man, I'm going to go Jim Miller. All right. Um, I'm, I, I was kind of torn on this, but I was kind of leaning Bobby Green a little bit. Uh, even though, I, I, I mean, how can you not root for Jim Miller? It, it, it's tough for me to pick right. against him, I think, just because I don't want to have to root against him. Uh, but since you went Miller, I'll just I'll uh, I'll go Bobby Green. I was leaning that way a little bit anyway. So give me Bobby Green in the three pointer. Oh man, this is where it's uh, yeah, this it's is getting interesting. Yeah. I am. Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go main event for my five pointer. So I'm gonna save that. Oh wow! Ooh, and uh, okay. I like you. I'm gonna go Kevin Gastelum over Ian Heinish in the four point slot. Okay. So you're just saving your main event. So uh, just because you did that, I'm going to save my right. <laughs> main event for my five-pointer. And I'm also going to go Kelvin Gaston over Ian Heinish uh, for the four-pointer. Um, I think at this point, man, Kelvin, he's been in with the best strikers in that division. At this point, um, he's kind of falling towards that the lower tier of the division. Not saying Ian Heinish isn't good, isn't dangerous, but I think Kelvin uh, is – dangerous you know he's he's knocked out a lot of guys he's got a lot of power at this weight uh i think this is the fight that gets him back on track and uh now for uh my five pointer um i feel like you got some you got a surprise for me which is why you you, you saved it for the for the five pointer so for this fight for the main event usman burns it's such a it's such a fun matchup and even though the uh, odds have Usman as a minus 270 favorite, I think it's a lot closer than that. But even though I believe that it's a lot closer than that, I'm still going to go Usman ah. with my five-pointer. <laughs> I thought you were going to go upset, actually. I, man, I really like Kamaru Usman. I really yeah. do. He's, he's uh, His mindset, um, uh, you know, his story. I love his story, man. Uh I just love everything about Usman, man. So I'm I'm gonna go Usman. 
it's a fun matchup. It's it's a great matchup, and I, I think uh, I I agree with you. I don't think the odds are reflective of how close this thing actually is. Um, the fact that you went Usman makes me want to go Burns and also get that extra one point if I get it. Oh, uh, so and you you might need it, man. I, I you might. Need I'm getting it. torched right now in in this point total. So. <laughs> And it might be even worse after Saturday, but I'll go ahead and pull the trigger. I'm going to go Gilbert Burns Uh, and new Uh, (laughs) welterweight champion of the world. Hey, man, it it could happen. Yeah. Burns being plus 200, I think it's – man, that's not right, man. Burns is a a live dog, as they say. Um, And the fact that they were – sparring partners for so long that just adds another layer to it that makes me feel like this fight's going to be even closer because i mean skill for skill if you strip all of it away skill for skill usman is a great wrestler but burns i feel like has him when it comes to um striking yes um burns is going to have him on the ground as far as jujitsu so wherever usman's gonna you know take this fight it's dangerous for him and it makes me wonder how Usman's going to approach these early rounds because Burns is going to be explosive. He's going to he's not going to have a lot of sweat on him at first. So it makes me wonder if he's going to initiate a clinch off the bat, you know, kind of push him up against the cage, use his strength, or what's he going to do? Is, is he going to stand in the middle of the octagon and trade? Like I, I'm I'm wondering where what Usman's path to victory is going to be. But Usman always says, man, he may not be the best striker, may not be the best grappler, but when it comes to mixing it together, he's the best. And no one's been able to prove him otherwise so far, so it's going to be interesting to see if Burns can do it. I, I think this is just the right matchup for an upset. And you mentioned the striking. Absolutely. I think I, I think that that's a big check mark for Gilbert Burns. But if, if Usman wants to get in the clinch or take this to the ground, like, unless he's winning those situations, I don't know that he's just going to outpoint Burns that way and win by decision just simply by doing that, whereas with most other guys, I think if he does that, he's going to clearly be the better guy in those situations. And I think even if he doesn't get a finish, he's going to get the he's going to win the judges that way. But I, I don't know that that's the case with this specific matchup. The more I think about the matchup, I just think I see Usman using things like not related to MMA as far as I feel like he needs to use his mind, his heart, you know, his endurance, that type of thing. It's not going to be, you know, striking, grappling, you know, that type of thing. Who's better than that? It's going to be, if you take him to the deep waters is, you know, Burns hasn't really seen that those deep waters yet. I mean, he went there with Woodley, but you know, Woodley's that type of guy at this point of his career where, you know, it's not that tough when it gets to those deep waters. So, I want to see Usman take Burns to those deep waters. I want to see him gas him out and then see what Burns is made of. Uh, because we know what Usman's made of at, at, no at doubt. those uh, later rounds. No doubt. That fight with Kobe Covington, man, we saw Usman dig deep and uh, get out, get a finish in the fifth round of a fight that was razor, razor close. A war I mean, that was razor close. It, yeah, it, it was yeah. a war back and forth. It was so close that I didn't know – who was winning these rounds? That's how close that that it was. And then on one one judge's scorecard, it was three one Usman. On the other, it was three one Covington. And then the, the other, it was two two yeah. going into that fifth round. So you never know what would have happened if it would have went to a decision. 
but Usman uh, finished it, so it didn't even need to get to the judges. So we know how Usman fights when he has to dig deep. But, you know, with someone as dangerous as Burns everywhere, it's going to be interesting to see because Covington hit Usman with some really good shots. And Burns is a lot more powerful than uh, than Kobe Covington. So I'm interested to see if Burns lands some of these shots, how Usman uh, reacts. But another layer to this, Burns knows Usman really well. And I've heard Usman say on numerous occasions that he's got really bad knees. And it's to the point where he can't run. So I wonder, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't run, but he has that good of cardio, which is crazy to me. I'm like, what are you doing to have such a good cardio if you're not running? But it makes me wonder if Burns will attack his legs with leg kicks and calf kicks and that type of thing. Yeah. Because he, he attacked Woodley's legs and, uh, it really messed Woodley up. Uh, early on in the fight when he was attacking his legs. So I'm wondering if Burns will t- attack his legs. But then on, on top of that, if he does that, uh, Usman does a good job of catching the kicks and taking them down. So, But then he might welcome that because yeah. he's a jiu-jitsu guy. So yeah. it's just a lot, of, a lot of factors, man. I've been thinking about this fight a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the good thing. Uh, we only have one fight in the same slot that we picked uh, the same way, and that's Kelvin Gastelum over Ian Heinish in the four-point slot. So every other spot is different point totals and up for grabs. And actually, now that I look at it, uh, we were opposite on the Green-Miller fight. You didn't pick Marquez. I didn't pick Grosso. Um, my prelim fight was Bilal. Yours was Maverick. So, um, we're, I mean, this thing is completely up for grabs. And maybe I, I trim that lead or maybe... Uh, Maybe it's it's a devastating loss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could go either way, man. And I guess, you know, it's not that uh, intriguing of a card, but I think you'll yeah. be at the edge of your seat watching yep. these fights. <laughs> We're hoping that you guys win. So, you know, I, I got the lead, but, you know, it, yeah. could, be, it could go south for me real quick. <laughs> have, you, uh, have you seen the show The Kingdom? I have not. Okay, so it's, uh, it's an MMA show. I just started watching it like two weeks ago, and – in the show, these two guys from the same camp are fighting each other for the title. And I got to that episode, um, like two days ago and it just like, I was like, this is perfect timing, right? Like we're about to get Burns Usman and in the show, like these two guys that are basically like brothers, um, and you know, train together and, and good buddies are, are fighting each other in the same weight class from the same gym for the title. So, uh, I thought that was, uh, very timely. Yeah, and I, I heard DC say that um, on, on Monday, I believe, he said that these two guys know who would get the better of those uh, sparring sessions. And I can't, I can't wrap my head around who I think would get the better of them because these two guys are so evenly matched. I mean, who, who gets the better of them? Who gets the better of who? And, you know, when teammate fights teammate, it adds another layer. You know, we've seen like John Jones and Rashad, or Rashad Evans fight each other. Um, it, there was a bad blood. There was a breakup with that. And, you know, there was such bad blood. There's no bad blood. There's just a lot of competitive yeah. uh, in- intensity with, with these two guys. And I feel like at the end of it, uh, both these guys will be able to look the winner in the hand. They'll be able to shake their hands and be like, good fight. Um, you know, uh, I feel like they, I don't know if they were um, friends per se, but I feel like they have a lot of respect for each other. 
So uh, even though there's no bad blood, there's a lot of intensity that's attached to this fight. And uh, I'm interested to see, man, how it goes. This is as close of a matchup as there is. I don't think that Kamaru Usman is cocky whatsoever, but I think there is a, a very confident just tone with with him every time we see him, right? Like he just absolutely for sure. Again, he's not like he's not like arrogant and flamboyant or anything, but I feel like he's just so sure of himself and just supremely confident in himself. And and not that I don't see that. I think when he talks about Burns, but I do feel like it's a little less. I feel like there is, and and again, maybe it's just because they know each other so well, um, but I, I don't know if I would call it doubt or what I would call it, but it's not. It's just not quite at the same level, I feel like. Yeah, and I don't know if it's um, a respect factor. It, yeah, it might be a respect factor. You're right. Because they're teammates or because... He knows how tough that this guy was in the gym. So right. he knows that this is going to be a war in the octagon. And, you know, the layer to this that's interesting, Covington and Masvidal, all those guys, that that was bad blood. You know, Woodley, it was borderline bad blood, but it wasn't as much of a bad blood as as with uh, Covington and Masvidal. Burns, there's not, there's not bad blood. So I think... He had to be sure of himself when it came to Covington and Mazadal because if if those guys saw any layer of doubt, they were going to capitalize on it. So I think Usman knew he had to be completely confident and sure of himself when he goes into the octagon with those guys. As far as this one, I think Burns knows him too well. Burns knows him pretty much inside and out. His uh his that camp, his that team, the the coaches, everybody knows how Usman is. So I think that just adds a layer in Usman's mind, like, man, you know, um, I'm not as confident, but, I, you know, he's still sure of himself, but he's got to know, like, Burns is a dangerous guy, and I, he's got to give him his credit. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a fun fight. Uh, you know, we, we talked about the card maybe not being as um, star-powered as, as some pay-per-views, but, you know, I, I think uh, the closer we get to it, this main event just – I think, again, just has so much intrigue. And you talk about just what both of these guys are capable of inside the octagon. I mean, it, I, you're right. I think that the main event just sells itself. You don't need the, to stack this thing. Yeah, for the for the hardcore fans like you and me, this is as good of a matchup as you'll find. And going forward, we'll have some of those pay-per-view cards where, the, where it's stacked. But, you know, this one, it is what it is. A very fun, very fun fight. But, you know, that main event, that, that main event is for that, for the hard course. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. All right, my friend, uh, that is it. Uh, I'll obviously be texting you on Saturday. Hopefully, uh, ho- I mean, more than anything, I, ju- I just hope that uh, we get another great card, which we haven't been disappointed in a long time, to be honest. Yeah, man, I, I probably couldn't even tell you the last time I was disappointed in a, in a five night or a pay-per-view right. card. It's been a, it's been a long time. Uh, these guys and girls are going out there and putting it all on the line. Maybe, you know, no crowd is, you know, serving these, these guys well. So, um, yeah, man, it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great night. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'll, we'll definitely be texting each other. Um, whenever there's a knockout, I mean, I'm sure we're going to be like, Oh shit, man, this, that was crazy. <laughs> so, man, I'm, I'm always excited for that. And, uh, I'm ready for it, man. The, uh, you know the meme with Anik and Rogan and Cormier where they're all like sprawled oh, over each other after a knockout? Yeah, yeah. That was me on Saturday 
when Sanhagen got Edgar. I was like, oh, like I, I about fell out of my chair. As much as that, as much as I wanted that to be me, I remember I, I texted you the I texted you the crying emoji <laughs> because I was so I was so mad that yeah. uh, that he knocked him out like that and I was like dang it there goes my points yeah. and I didn't know what the points were looking like so right. and Volkov hadn't fought yet so I was like man you know this could go south for me real quick so I remember texting you those those crying emojis but it, in my heart I wanted to go like oh yeah. shoot, oh my god that was that was amazing so. Uh, you know, going forward, man, it's going to be nice. That was the surest I've been of any matchup that we've done since we started doing this competition. And I think I said before, if I could have given it like 30 points, <laughs> yeah. I would have. Because I just you were sure, yeah. absolutely believe. Corey Sanhagen, right, I just think is uh, a future champion. So You were so sure that you made me pick Frank Yeager. You were so sure and confident. And I was like, you know what, man? Forget it. I'm just I'll gonna do it. I'll do it. Yeah, I was just like, man, I'll do it. And it was the it was the worst decision I've ever made. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> uh, are you sure you don't want Ian Heinish? Absolutely not. All right, all right, fair enough. I thought I'd try. Will, always appreciate it, my friend. We'll uh, we'll do it again next week. Yes, sir. See you next week. That is Will Brewer joining me on the Colby Daniels podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. I'm a customer, and these people are fantastic. If you have any questions whatsoever, don't hesitate to give them a call, 405-458-9699. They're truly dedicated to helping you live a better life. And right now, we're saving you 15% off your online order at abotanicalcompany.com. Order online. Use the discount code COLBYSHOW. And you save 15%, plus they have a drive through for your pickup option. So it's very simple, abotanicalcompany.com. Discount code Colby Show for 15% off. You can swing through the drive through and pick it up, so it's very efficient at Artisan Botanicals. Everybody have a great day, stay safe, and I will see you tomorrow. Podcast is over.